You know you need unique New York. Hey everybody, Mark D, IT guy, dad, and awfully bad architecture nerd. Really bad movie nerd too. Coincidence? I think not, because I am talking today about the 2017, I believe, again, not doing research, a bit of a cop-out. A friend of mine, gentleman by the name of Luke, asked me, hey, was your last episode a cop-out? And I was like, yes, I am not Kevin Smith, but it was a cop-out. This one is too, but movie I like, 2017 movie directed by a Korean director, uh, Kagonada, I believe, uh, Kogonada, oh shit, what's his name? He has a, a mononym, it's kind of like a, a bono for movies. Shit, 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 shit. Kogonada, right? So K-O-N-O, or K-O-G-O-N-A-D-A. Kogonada. I have a hard time saying that for some reason. Regardless, this movie is Columbus, and it's not Columbus, it's not Christopher Columbus, it's a small indie movie, I believe it was shot over 17 days, and this is fucking from memory, this is from me, you know, watching it a while ago for the first time, uh, I bought it, and a while ago was some months, right, several months, uh, I believe it was shot over 17 days, it is uh, an indie movie, very small, and it it's shot all in Columbus, Indiana, not Columbus, Ohio, as I initially thought. Columbus, Indiana being a very interesting city in that it is, I believe they use the words in the movie, the mecca of modernist architecture in the U.S. And interestingly enough, it is. There is a lot of really beautiful modern architecture in Columbus, Indiana. But this movie, a uh, small movie, cinematographer is uh, Alicia Christian, uh, who is... Uh, a, a working cinematographer, but also doing a smaller scale. He's done some stuff. He's done some commercial stuff. His photography is really interesting. There is some really genuinely beautiful stuff if you go to his website, alishachristian.com, I believe, and you can check out what he has on there. And this movie is an... I don't want to call it an architecture movie. It is not about architecture but it is it, that features heavily into all aspects of it but I'll, I'll get on kind of with the thing has john cho big stars john cho who's just turning in a great performance Haley lou richardson was wonderful as casey or cassandra parker posey as eleanor michelle forbes as maria rory culkin there's always a culkin fucking somewhere as gabriel and uh, those are kind of the the main players so to speak. This isn't a big movie. This isn't an action movie. You don't see a lot of extras. There isn't more than a couple of dressed sets, and even then they feel very naturalistic. The movie is meant to feel naturalistic. It's meant to feel like it was filmed in Columbus, Indiana, like we were there, like we showed up and we were on a tour and we saw all these things. So... Just really an interesting vibe. The music was done by Hammock. Hammock is a, a kind of post-rock band in going verging into Dream or Shoegaze. And there are some really wonderful pieces on the score. There is one Hammock song 
that I really enjoy quite a bit, and it's called Dissonance. And I think I first discovered Dissonance maybe two, two years ago or so. And it's a song that sticks with me, maybe for the wrong reasons or maybe for the right ones. The correct ones, as it would be, not left versus right or, you know, right, like the right to do something. So in this movie, uh, you know, the IMDb summary kind of does a, a good job of it. It says, a Korean-born man finds himself stuck in Columbus, Indiana, where his architect father is in a coma. The man meets a young woman who wants to stay in Columbus with her mother, a recovering addict, instead of pursuing her own dreams. And I think that's a very adequate, like extremely adequate first glance kind of slice of the thing. And the movie isn't, it's not much deeper in that, it's just more involved. And really, it focuses, it pivots around mainly, right? The main focus is the relationship that John Cho has with, uh, or Jin, right? His name is Jin, John Cho's name is Jin, has with Cassie, or Haley Lou Richardson's character. And they are disparate in age, they are disparate in gender, they are disparate in upbringing. It's, it's very involved, ultimately. But these are, are basically among the most opposite people. Their, their wardrobe is opposite. Their appearance is opposite. John Cho's character is this really cool Korean guy just kind of dressing very nice, extremely put together gentleman. And Cassie is, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to diss her, right? Because I think Cassie's cool. But Cassie is kind of this, in comparison, flailing teen, you know, just loose, just adrift almost. And her whole thing is that her, her mother's a recovering addict and, and there's a lot going on there. But she's, so the other relationships, aside from John Cho, uh, Jin, and Cassie, is Cassie and her mother, uh, whose name is Maria, I believe. Uh, played by Michelle Forbes, and their relationship is kind of flipped. Uh, Cassie, maybe or her father's estranged or or whatever the case is, but is not in the picture. And Maria has a history, uh, as Cassie says, of shitheads. She's addicted to shitheads, so she has had all of these bad, abusive, uh, toxic relationships and and they get her into more and more things up until the point that her mother went to rehab at some point or whatever the case is maybe got in trouble with the law because her mom is working these very blue collar very indiana jobs and i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of put a pause right here and just kind of interject and say that i have a weird picture of essentially m most of the country and i feel like most of the country in my head is very blue collar, except for like the big cities, you know, Chicago and things like that. So I'm, I'm maybe putting forth a little bit of bias here in, in how I describe some things. So just understand that that's not a thing that I grew up with. It's not a thing I've experienced. I've never actually been to the middle of the country. I've just fucking flown over it to go to the other ass end of it. And, uh, that's about it. So I've, I've been to either ass end, except for Maine. I haven't been to Maine. But never the middle, 
you know, except for Texas. I've been to Texas, but Texas is a whole different vibe. You know, it's its own, it's its own thing. At least that's the vibe that I get. So Maria is working uh, like two jobs, one at a fucking box factory. And then she's cleaning at nights, you know, cleaning office buildings and things like that. And it's, it's a rough thing. Uh, Cassie is just kind of dressed, however, not, not slovenly, but not how one would expect to see a character, a main character, right? A main character in a movie dressed. So that's very interesting. And they, they take some liberties maybe with her makeup and things like that. And they make her sweaty often, uh, which is, all, again, not a desirable trait necessarily for a main character in a movie. And the way the lighting is, there are points where you really notice or, or you can see because it, it ends up being highlighted her arm hair. And that's a very trivial thing to notice. But it struck me as it normally doesn't happen. You do not see that in Hollywood movies. At least not that I can recall off the top of my head. Not so highlighted in the forefront. It's a dark scene and you're seeing the light come right off of this girl's arm hair. Not that it's bad or gross. It's not. This is a thousand percent normal. Again, this is... We're talking about the, the constructed reality of a movie in, in a, a cinema, in a, in a major motion picture or a motion picture of, of any type. This is not a thing that you see. Usually the main characters are, are elevated to be impossibly beautiful and perfect at all times. And John Cho is more that versus Cassandra. Cassandra is a lot more down to earth and that aligns with her situation uh, socially and financially. You know, her car is all fucked up and, like, the door is taped up and shit. It's, it's done with intent. It's done with craft. It's subtle. Like, this stands out to me, but I was I look for, for things. So, you know, I, I watch maybe more carefully than an average viewer might. John Cho, again, very put together, wearing uh, a lot of Korean styles. He has this, this one fucking jacket that I've never seen before in my life, and instantly I was like, oh, no, no, he's just better than I am. He can wear that and get away with it. It's, it's all right. Let him, let him do what he wants, because look at, look at how well he's dressed. He's, he's perfect. Do whatever, right? That character of Jin is that kind of guy, even though he's also ha having issues, not that his father or whatever his his father's in a coma suddenly unexpectedly in the united states while while traveling and um eleanor who's his father's i guess assistant or or graduate assistant or, or business partner of some type i'm not a thousand percent on their relationship but she said that she had her husband and things like that so i think that she actually moved to korea to continue to work with Jin's father. So I think that there's a bit more there to be explored. There's an interesting relationship that they have where, you know, I'm not going to go into it in detail, but there's a thing there. Jin is, is really coming to terms with the, the relationship that he has had. You know, as a, an, an older man, he's, you know, 30, whatever, maybe 40 even. 
and his life, his his retrospective life with his father, and and those issues that that fester, that well, not fester, but that that linger, and things like that, and and his relationship to his culture where he lives, he's living in Korea. Clearly, he's lived in the United States. He speaks English and all these things without an accent. So I think the whole thing is maybe his father was working in the U.S. and he lived in the U.S. for a long time, but went back to Korea. That's distinctly possible as well. So these two characters, they, they find each other kind of unexpectedly. And Cassie also has a relationship with Gabriel, who's played by Rory Culkin. And she's on this will-they-won't-they they with Gabriel, but she meets Jin, and then there's a will-they-won't-they they with Jin, which is huge. It's massive, and I don't know if I clipped there. It's massive. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't tell. But it's massive. It's huge. And um, I can't see the fucking clip light, that's why. And I hope I don't knock this fucking thing off the, the desk. Anyway, so after adjusting that, you know, it's, it, again, it's massive. It's huge. <laughs> so they don't. I, I have to spoil that one. They don't. And to get into that, it's, it's not the, the details. Watch the movie. The movie's great. The movie's quiet. The movie is subdued. You do see John Cho's butt, but that's kind of the worst of it. You know, there's, there's no real violence, no terrible profanity. They smoke. They smoke, and I feel like that's kind of representative of, of, of a low status, maybe, or, or something thereabouts. I, you know, I, I, I hate to project that bias, but maybe that was used to kind of represent this, this very working class or kind of maybe lower class sensibility. Because, you know, recently smoking is definitely out of fashion. People do not do it anywhere near as much as they used to. But they have that, and this is all framed on this these beautiful pieces of architecture. And the framing, uh, Alicia Christian does, you know, this amazing job using perspective, using the frame itself, the framing where the objects are, like blocking and making sure that actors are in a frame, in a frame kind of thing. And these wonderful locations that are... I took notes. I've not looked at them. Right. So I talked about balance. Okay, so balance. I didn't talk about balance at all. Balance is very important in the frame. There's the steel yard balance. If you want to just straight Google that, go ahead. Google it. I talked about it actually in Scott Pilgrim. So if you want to look at that or listen to that episode, even better. It's a fun episode, I think. I Not my favorite, but I thought it was good in its own ways. I did things differently. There's a little extra. So there's an image that I made that's in the show notes that has a frame in that image that can kind of give you an idea of what steel yard balance might look like in a very amateurish way because I am not a professional or uh, studied this in any real formal way. I just like it. But a lot of shots are on what people like to call the crucifix, where they are dead head on, dead behind, or 90 degrees to either side. And the camera does not move. I don't know that the camera even moves 
okay, so the camera probably moves in the first the first time that Jin and Cassie meet. The camera moves because it follows Jin walking, I believe. So that's one of the few times. I believe that the camera just becomes kind of static after they meet. And that's okay. It doesn't it doesn't hamper the movie for me. The movie's not about action. The movie's not about movement per se as so much as it is about moments and change. And that's not to say that they don't cut and they do coverage. They do. But not always. And the movie makes a lot of interesting choices as to when to and not, you know, when it does and when it doesn't do that. There are parts where the movie cuts dialogue completely and you don't hear it and you will never know what that says. When I saw it, I had actually ripped it and, and, and put it on my NAS because it was a Blu-ray. And I don't think that I did the subtitles correctly and that's a huge pain in the ass and maybe part of the problems when you're you're kind of trying to digitize your, your movies to, to make them a little more accessible within your home. But Jin has full-on conversations in Korean. I do not speak Korean. I know uh, Gosu and Hasu, and that's it. But I don't, I don't need that information. His performance, like the performances of the people as they're, they're doing their thing, regardless of whether you hear that audio or not. And that audio was probably captured. You know, they could absolutely subtitle his conversation, but they chose not to if, you know, if the subtitle thing is correct, but they chose to cut the audio on some of the scenes because it's not about the words. It's about the feeling, the emotion at that time. And it's about the architecture in a lot of ways. And architecture makes you feel in, in architecture to me. And this is like a dumb thing. Cause I'm like a fucking STEM douche. I'm like fucking science. And I think ultimately really that comes from growing up, being afraid to be okay embracing the arts not that i don't like science i, f I fucking love science but i also love a lot of the arts i love photography so desperately and i'm just so shitty at it and i love movies obviously fucking movie podcasts but i love architecture as well because architecture gives you these kind of visceral feelings you experience it on the scale of you versus it and i've seen a few buildings where i'm just like holy fuck you know like there's a lot of different things that you can communicate with the construction of a space, the materials, the light, the colors, the design of just the stuff inside. It, there's a lot to it. So I love architecture. I love architects. That's cool. I don't know a whole lot about it. I haven't really studied it, much less the movie. So I'm going to be an asshole from here on out. But just know that it's, it's, I'm, I'm an asshole coming from love. So, uh, Kogonada brings us the story into these wonderful, beautiful spaces in Columbus, Indiana. And you can actually go to Columbus, Indiana's website. And they're like, yeah, bro, we got all this fucking architecture. Come over here and get it. Right. And there's just some beautiful, beautiful stuff. But there is one building in particular that I thought factors into the plot, but mm, maybe it doesn't but maybe it does. It's kind of a mini MacGuffin for a hot second. It's, um, it starts out as a way to keep the movie going, if you will. 
but it, it doesn't really result in anything. But I thought that it did. And it's the city hall for Columbus, Indiana. And it has these two kind of these two outcroppings that are huge. They're like beefy outcroppings and they're not supported by anything. And they're over these stairs and they, they almost touch. Right. And there's just this little gap in the middle. And then behind it is like the, you know, the, the curved part of the city hall, this like curved glass kind of thing. And this building was built by SOM or SOM or Skidmore Ownings and, and Merrill, I believe is the, the architecture firm. And they've done a ton of shit and some of it is really cool. But this thing is, is it's from Jin's father's journal and he had been trying to locate it. And uh, Cassie herself is an architecture aficionado. And, and they, they talk about that a lot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip over it because I really actually genuinely do want you to watch this movie if you would like a slower, quieter, more personal film to watch. It's, uh, you can rent or buy on Prime Video, uh, definitely buy the DVD. I got mine on, or the Blu-ray, I got mine on Amazon. And it's doing an 89 on Metacritic, so it's, it's not bullshit. Like, I might be, not everybody likes it, but I'm not like, oh, this fucking trash movie, fucking zombie tidal waves, fucking high art. No, it's not that. This movie definitely has a lot going for it. And that's why I'm talking about it. I wanted to. I like this movie. I rewatched it, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do a goddamn episode on this. This building has these two just fucking heavy brick kind of, I don't know, outcroppings, I don't know what to call it, but they almost touch. And they're not really supported. You don't see the supports when they frame the shot. You don't see how these things are out there, but they're just out there fucking floating, and they're beefy-ass bricks. And they're very representative to me of the two characters of Jin and Cassie and how their connection is there. They compositionally are supporting each other. They are completing each other in a way that is not physical. They don't touch Right, they never have a thing, there's no fling, none of that, but in a very meaningful way. They have an interaction, they have a relationship and they meet. And when you see like John Cho and Haley Lou Richardson sitting on the steps below this thing, the scale of it, the idea of it, of, of, of if you can mentally just kind of Put yourself there to be under this thing and to see how close they get. I don't know. I just, it struck me. It struck me. But I, I love all this bullshit, this fucking modernist garbage. I love that. I love mid century everything. I just, I'm a fucking asshole for all of it. So, you know, I don't know. But it, it struck me. And, and that's just one of many locations and buildings that are, are truly beautiful and, and shots even. Because the cinematography, I, I loved. It's subtle. It's not harsh. It's pretty. I popped this fucking microphone. I don't know how. Oh, I, I guess I spoke under it at this time. All right. It's pretty, right? I'm just all over the place, team. That's all it is. And there's there's a lot to it. Like their first meeting, they're on opposite sides of a fence and then they kind of warm up to each other they come together then 
there really aren't things that separate them from then on out, but then there's a part where Cassie's really explaining her relationship with her mother, and they're separated now by the, the roof of the, the car, her Honda, her taped together kind of, you know, shitbox. I don't I, uh, that feels very judgy. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to pull that back. I'm not going to say shitbox. That's, listen, everybody's going through things. A car is just a fucking vehicle. It's a status, not a status symbol. It, it doesn't ascribe any worth to you as a person. So we're going to move on from there. Not going to happen again. That's just dumb fucking programming that I have. But they're, they're kind of in a thing there and, and they're separated there and, and, and then they get closer together in a lot of ways, like physically, actual, actually physically, to the point where they are actually touching at one point, not in a, a weird way, just but actually physically touching, which is a thing that I don't think that they ever did in any part of the, the movie up until then, right? So, and then they kind of, they pull back from that, uh, not instantly, or, or it's just things, and it, it, it's a natural thing, and it doesn't feel forced, it doesn't feel weird, it feels like people being actual people, not these fucking movie stars that are just so lovesick with being in love or anything like that. Quite the opposite. Everybody's going through a lot right now. So it doesn't make sense. So I fully appreciate that. This did not turn into like some type of fucking romance. It's really just characters having, having a story over, you know, a few days, a few weeks, whatever the case is. So... Yeah, you know, I love the movie. I, I I liked everybody's performances. I understand that it was made for not much money, and it is not flashy, but that also is not its intent or its purpose. It's not missing out for any of these things at all. So that's uh, that's Columbus. Try to keep this one short. It's still pretty long. Maybe I just had a little more to say about this one. But yeah, I recommend it. Definitely. So again, I've been Mark D, M-A-R-K. D is in dog, I guess. Fucking, what am I doing? This isn't even my thing. Uh, anyway, tweet at me, at CoolMarkD, cool with a C and Mark with a K. At Letterboxd, or uh, on, on Letterboxd, I'm at MarkD20. You know, D20, like a Dungeons and Dragons dice. Like, you know, one of the fucking Navi ones or whatever that... Anyway, I'm not going to go further with that metaphor. One of the Navi ones, sure, go ahead. And, um, you know, the, the same thing applies. Nothing's changed. Be nice. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. Fucking... China, come on. And I'm sure, I'm sure that some other shit's going to come up because God, 2020 just keeps on fucking giving. But in, in other ways it is. So I don't know. If you haven't seen Click with Adam Sandler, hilariously enough, that's a lot deeper of a movie than one would think. And it's very depressing and maybe more appropriate to our situation now everyone collectively than, than one would even begin to imagine. So check that out too. If you want to see an Adam Sandler movie that isn't, I don't, I don't believe it to be that goofy. 